Hello, happy Saturday, and welcome back to Brutal, the podcast where we're brutally honest because honestly, it's brutal out there. You guys, so happy to be back, trying to get in a better recording schedule, which I know I literally say every single week, but I'm semi-serious about it this time, but like, cut me a little bit of a break, your girl has a full-time job, and I do not get paid to do this. Um, However, with that said, we do have an amazing guest this week, so I asked my friend Matt to come on the podcast. Um, Matt is one of my good friends from when I lived in Texas, and... He has a really interesting relationship kind of backstory that we'll get into, but, you know, long story short, he got married, um, I think around like 26, 27, he said, and then was um, divorced by 31, and at that point got out um, on the dating apps for like the very first time in his entire life, which I think is just a really like unique and cool experience, so... Um, I'm excited for you guys to hear from him about how that went, what his approach was, um, and how he met his current partner, who is just like the best person ever, and I love her. So yeah, I think it'll be a great episode for you guys. Let's do also a couple of quick, like, brief and brutals before we get into the episode. Brief and brutal number one. I am 34, and I've been talking to this guy for about a week on Hinge. His profile said he was 39. At least an hour into our first date, he suddenly admits to me that he's actually 42, And said that people usually have the cutoff at 40, so that's why he listed his age at 39. I just don't understand this kind of behavior at all. If you're going to lie in the first place, then why reveal the information the first time you meet up? Yeah, I mean, this is like an insane red flag. I I just think like, I just think if you're starting off with a lie, it's like, where is it going to go? Like, what else will they lie about? Like, what else are they willing to like fudge because they're afraid of like you finding out the truth? I just feel like it sets a bad precedent. And of course, like there really isn't like that much of a difference between someone at age, you know, 39 versus 42. Like if you were saying the difference between, you know, 19 and like 23, something like that, like even though that's a similar age difference, obviously there's very different like maturity levels. It's not about the age difference itself. It's about like starting off with a lie. And it also kind of it gives me like weird insecure vibes because it's like, I don't know, like when I turned 30, I knew that that meant I aged out of some people's like hinge search results or whatever. But it's like, who cares? You are the age that you are like, you can't change it. You need to embrace it. And you need to be like, okay, like whoever wants me wants me and whoever doesn't doesn't. So yeah, I would say honestly, deal breaker. Like that's that's a bad vibe. Okay, brief and brutal number two, I matched with a guy on Bumble. That's the first red flag. And I said, Hey, how are you? And he responded, Hola, what's your Instagram? Should I give him my Instagram right away? It makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't understand why he's asking for it when we have never met each other. Okay, I feel like this is something that guys do. Number one, they're trying to like vet you. Like they're trying to look at more pictures of you. It means they're on the fence about you based on their like based on your dating app profile. And second, I do feel like some guys just like collect girls on Instagram like like Pokemon cards. (laughs) Like like they I don't know how to explain it, but it's like they will never end up meeting up with you, but they'll follow you on Instagram like for the rest of your life and just like respond with fire emojis or like look at your stuff, but like never really like take it anywhere real. And I just kind of find it like bizarre. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to be like a card in your deck. You know what I mean? Like I would, I would probably just stop responding to this person because it's like, okay, like you have six photos of me. You have my profile. You have all this information. If you want to FaceTime or have a phone call to like make sure it's me. Like, that's totally fine. Like, I'm down with that. I understand not wanting to be catfish. And, like, we talk about that um, on this episode. Actually, Matt was really big on, like, having just a quick, like, phone call before the date to, like, quote-unquote plan the date. But really, it's, like, to see if you click. 
I think the Instagram thing is like they kind of just want to like stalk you and like check you out and like I don't know see what's going on without actually having to commit to anything I don't know I would prefer to just like either have a FaceTime or phone call and like meet in person because like I don't want to just have these random people following me on Instagram who I don't know potentially like we go on one date and then never again or like we may never go on a date because you just wanted to like collect my Instagram like in your pile of trading cards I don't know I find it a little bit weird I'd probably stop responding Okay, I'm so sorry. This is all we have time for. Please don't forget to write in your questions for next week's episode, podcastbrutal at gmail.com. You can also message us on TikTok, Instagram, or you can actually go to the link tree in my Instagram or TikTok bio and leave us a voice message, which I would absolutely love. Remember, there's no question too small or too ridiculous. I want to talk about them all. So please send them in. Um, And we want to hear feedback on all the episodes. So send that in as well. Um, And with that, I will leave it to Matt. Okay, bye. Okay, all right, welcome back. Uh, This is Brutal episode 13. um, And please welcome my good friend Matt to the podcast. Matt. Hello. Hello. Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on. I think um, tonight is going to be a really interesting episode for you guys. I'm excited. I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Um, so Matt was my coworker in a past life and he has a super interesting, interesting, like relationship backstory that I think is really relevant for honestly, like anyone dating today, anyone who's like, you know, looking to like get married at some point in their life. I feel like Matt has like a lot of wisdom to offer us, which is why I wanted to have him come on. Um, so Matt, can you please tell us your age and relationship status and then the city where you live? Sure. Um, hello. So I am 36. Uh, I am uh, in a relationship, committed relationship, and I uh, am straight and live in Austin, Texas. I love it, where I used to live as well. Um, Wait, how long have you actually lived in Austin? So I've lived in Austin since 2015, um, but I'm a Texas kid, right? So I grew up in a small town, not too far from Austin, uh, but always kind of been around Central Texas uh, my entire life. So in terms of dating in Austin, what do you think are, I guess, what do you think are the biggest stereotypes about dating there? I mean, we both, I mean, I lived there for six years, like you've been there. I also moved in 2015, which I didn't even realize we moved in the same year, but um, what do you think are like the biggest stereotypes? And do you think they're, are they rooted in truth or are they just like silly? Uh, yes, uh, to both. Um, yeah, I think the, one of the main ones that you you see a lot, at least from outside looking in. Uh, you get a lot of people that aren't from Texas that moved to Austin, right? For tech jobs, for, um, you know, you name it, right? It's a really cool city. There's a lot of fun, fun things to do. But um, yeah, one of the, the stereotypes, which is, I think is true, is you, you get a lot of, you know, tech bros and a lot of people that come here that, again, aren't from around here that are very smart individuals, but, you know, they're, they're young and, you know, they're, they're here for uh, uh, a good time, not necessarily a long time. Right. You know, it's a kind of a transitional um, city for them. Uh, another one, you know, is potentially, uh, you know, women are looking for that good old boy, that Texas kid, um, you know, the, the, the good guy. But again, because Austin is, is kind of a, an asterisk in Texas um, as far as people living here. And um, so you might see that a different experience. It's definitely I don't know different. if that's something you can resonate with or not. But. Oh, I totally agree. I went on like, I mean, of all the dates I went on in Austin, I feel like truly only one of them was like the cowboy vibe where like this guy, you know, big belt buckle, 
really nice with Chazy's, like came in this giant jacked up truck that he was like telling me he gets it washed every five days, like all this stuff, like sure. the family had a ranch. And I was like, and you know what? I felt terrible because he was like the sweetest guy. So nice. But we just honestly, we just did not have that much to talk about. Sure. <laughs> it was just totally yeah. different. But he was he did fulfill my like, you know, my Austin fantasy of what I thought was going to happen when I moved there, like dating wise. Sure. Okay, well, let's get into some let's get into some dating topics. because I know we have a lot to cover. Sure. All right. So now one thing I feel like when I first met you at work, I don't remember how this even came up, but obviously we like bonded over having ADHD immediately and just, you know, being, being stubborn and difficult people in general, which I love. And we started talking and I found out that, and we did have a few coworkers, actually, I think we had one or two other coworkers, right. Who were kind of a similar situation. You got married at like a, a relatively young age. Um, mm-hmm. and then you were also divorced at a relatively young age, which I feel like for me, just like coming from where I grew up and stuff, like, I think people tend to get married later. Like my parents, I don't think got married till they were like 34, 35. Um, so it was just something like really different and interesting to me. And I feel like there's so much to learn from that experience. How old were you when you met the person that you initially married? And then how old were you, um, when you two got married? So, <clears throat> With my ex, I was, you know, 24, 25, or yeah, 24 when I think when I met her, right? And, uh, you know, we dated for three years, essentially. Uh, we were living together for, you know, a year and a half or so. Um, we got married um, when I was like 26, ended up getting divorced um, when I was around 31, 31, 32. Um, so we were together for eight years total and married for five. Okay. Okay. And then like when you guys got married, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but when you guys initially got married, like, did you have any like concerns at that time? Like, did you have any, I don't know, did you have like a gut feeling that like it wasn't going to work out or did you know for sure it was going to work out? Like, how did you feel like, did, were you like 100% like, this is the one, like, this is what's going on? Or did you feel any like trepidation? That's a good question. So hindsight's twenty twenty, right? When you're, when you're in it, it's very different than, you know, obviously outside looking in, you know, after the facts. Um, so, you know, whenever we were, you know, kind of dating. And so she's super, you know, I want to preface it. She's still a great gal, still super smart, still, you know, wonderful. Um, and our divorce was probably the most like uh, amicable ever. Right. Um, but she was in medical school, right. So she's currently a doctor and she was in medical school when we first started dating, we met through a, a mutual friend that I went to college with that they were in medical school with. Um, and whenever we were dating and all that good stuff, like it was a lot of fun. Um, and whenever to answer your question directly, um, in hindsight, yeah, there was some things in the back of my mind that I was, were, were flags. So I wouldn't call them red. They were kind of yellow flags, um, that ended up being those red flags, right. Where, um, they just kind of became more of a, an issue over time. Um, because, you know, when we first started dating, because of her schedule and because of kind of what she did, she was very busy. And every time we hung out and we would do stuff, it would always be fun. We'd always go out and we'd always go to the movies, we'd go do whatever. And, you know, you, you sat next to me for two years. I'm a pretty self-sufficient person. I can, I can entertain myself. And so like, she'd be working, you know, six days a week and I'd see her in passing, right? She'd be working in the night, night shift. I'd see her in passing and, you know, I can entertain myself. It'd be fine. Um, but you know, as things, we spent more time together and whatnot, those yellow flags became again, like I said, those, those red flags and then ultimately ended things. Yeah. That makes sense. Did you feel like, I guess, like culturally at all, like, did you feel 
I don't know. Cause I hear, I heard a lot of stuff. Like when I first moved to Texas, people, I, I heard the phrase like ring by spring for the first time, which I didn't know what that was. And then I learned what that was. Um, like, did you feel like there was any like cultural pressure or like external pressure you felt to like get married, like before a certain age or anything like that? Not necessarily before a certain age, but definitely, you know, Texas is, is more rooted in some of those cultural things where, you know, get married, have a family, you know, and do the Lord's work, whatever it is. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty independent person and I don't think that that was a deciding factor for me, but absolutely there was external things, right. You know, then, uh, you know, my parents obviously want me to have a family that still do, um, her family, same thing. Right. So I'm sure that was, that was something uh, of a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. And then, so at what point did you feel like these like yellow flags kind of that you were observing and that like then became more, I guess, like prominent in your mind? Like at what point were you like, okay, maybe this isn't the right relationship for me in the long term? Like, how did you, what was your thought process like, like leading up to actually getting a divorce? Did you guys like, how much did you guys talk about it or like what happened? Um, I'll, surprising, no, not surprising. Yeah, a lot. Right. You know, so we, it was kind of a slow burn, um, which is why I think it ended so amicably. It wasn't like, you know, lightning stick of dynamite and poof, it was done. Right. And none, neither of us did anything wrong. Um, and so the last year that we were together, or I'm sorry. So we moved to Austin is when things started getting interesting for us um, because she had, she was done with school. She was done with residency and she had a full-time job. Right. And so she had more normal hours, right. She wasn't working 80 hours a week. She was working 60 hours a week, whatever it was, you know, and we just, we, so we started spending a lot more time together. Um, and you know, we got bored together. So we did the things that, you know, most couples do whenever you've been together a long time, you sit on the couch and watch TV, you know, whatever. So you get bored, um, which is fine. Right. You know, nothing wrong with that. Um, but the things that she wanted to do for entertainment were different than the things that I wanted to do for entertainment. You know, I wanted to go out and, you know, do something, you know, I want to go skydiving or I want to go skiing or I want to go do this. Or I want to go do that. And, uh, you know, she still, I think, had the itch to go out a little more. Right. You know, I she wanted to go dance till 3 a.m., which is fine. But why not? I, I had fun in college and I was good, you know, because yeah. uh, we're around the same age. And we we're a year apart. Right. So but she I think she still had that. Um, so that was one red flag. And then some of the stuff, I think, personality wise. Liz, you know me, I'm a big personality. I'm very outgoing. I want to chat. Um, there'd be times where she would come home and, you know, I'd be like, hey, how was your day? And she just wouldn't want to talk, right? And in hindsight, again, using the hindsight of 2020, um, she may have had to have very hard conversations all day. She may have had to tell three families some really terrible news. And I don't know these things, right? And I would come at her like, hey, how was your day? Like, I, I had a great day. Like, and she had the worst of days. Um, and then it would just spark a fight because I would take it personally. Mm -hmm. I was like, why are you being like, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, like, why are you mad at me? And she wasn't necessarily mad at me, but it just, um, there, there was learning for both of us, right? And how to communicate um, with each other. And um, I think one of the biggest red flags for me is after we, because we tried Right. And, you know, we went through counseling, um, yeah, months and months and months of it. Right. And, um, the last month, so in Texas, like once you actually say, I'm going to get a divorce, you have to wait, right. 30 days. So you file it with the judge 
and you have to you have to wait right until and then you go back to the courts and you say hey i waited my 30 days i still want a divorce thanks they make you wait um, 30 days oh uh, yeah um and uh, i remember sitting there's a couple vivid moments that i remember sitting on the couch she'd come home and yeah i really didn't have any like we were still amicable right uh, we're still living in the same house during this 30-day period um like i didn't move out or anything because you know again we weren't like mad at each other per se um and i remember sitting there and she came home and uh, i just kind of looked at her and said hey and she went in and and then she kind of came out like after 30 minutes she goes hey that was like that you being an asshole like me me just ignoring her was like she loved it it's like that's just not me like i'm not that person to just be an, a, a jerk right just to get a rise out of somebody it's not my personality it's not my thing um and she loved that and it's like okay like that makes sense right that you know she wanted she wanted a different type of challenge like yeah. i want to have a conversation i want to like have a battle of not necessarily wills but a battle of thought and like I love playing devil's advocate, as you know, like, and that wasn't really her thing that she just wanted me to be a dick. And I was like, that's not my personality. It's not what I'm all about. I know what you mean. It's like, sometimes you just want, like, it, it's silly, but it's like, that's something I had to overcome. I feel like when I was like, I don't know, like 27, 28, you know, like where I was like, you secretly do like it when a guy is like, not that interested or like kind of being a jerk to you. Yeah. And like, you literally, that's like in, inner work. Like you have to do that on yourself to like, to like appreciate when someone is just being nice to you, you know, and like yeah. being consistent with you and stuff. But that's like, that's your personal battle to fight. Um, yeah. for sure. It was a slow burn because neither of us did anything wrong. Like, but we were both smart enough to like identify what didn't work. Right. And we yeah. just talked about it. Like we would just be like, Hey, like, I'm just not happy. Like, I remember sitting at the dining room table, be like, are you happy? She should have said no. She was, are you happy? I was like, no, not happy at all. Like, I'm fucking borderline depressed and I'm not a depressed person. No. Like, that's not in my DNA, but I was like, I'm not happy. And I just started at uh, where, where, we, where we used to work together. I just started. And so, like, it was a weird time. Like, it should be at an exciting time in my life. It wasn't. Yeah. Um, oh. But at least we were honest about it, right? We just talked about it. I think it's brave because I think a lot of people, they may realize at a certain point that like their marriage is not going the direction that they thought, but they fully will stay in it. I mean, like they will, people will, I feel they'll stay because it's the status quo, whether it's a marriage or a relationship, they'll stay in it because they're afraid of being alone. Like, as you said, they're yeah. afraid of like, you know, you don't want to be the only single person in the friend group, but it's like the payoff is so much greater. Like if you can just get through if you can get through like the difficult time of like ending the relationship and you can be brave enough to do that when you know it's wrong, the payoff is so great because you're still going to be happier alone. And then you're going to be even more happy when you have the opportunity to be with someone that's a better match for you. Sure. hundred yeah. um, percent. And it, it was interesting. A lot of people going back to your point of like um, being brave enough to end things. A lot of people don't be honest with themselves and they try to do the next thing. Like, okay, we're not happy right now, but maybe we need a distraction. Maybe we need to have a child or whatever. I remember, you know, the ex-in-laws, they were like, well, maybe you should just have a kid and like go and like do that stuff. But we had a unique perspective because she was a child of divorce. Oh. She had gone through, she was the punching bag between her dad and her mom. 
And so she was like, that's the worst idea ever. Like, why on yeah. earth would you ever want to do this to, to an individual? Right, and thank um, God you had that perspective, yeah. I mean. My other question is, I feel like after your divorce, you had told me basically, like you had a kind of a specific process for dating again. And I feel like you are one of my friends that I like look up to in this way, because I feel like I try to, like, I have many best friends who have met like their partners who are wonderful on the dating apps. And like, I do think the dating apps get a lot of flack, but like my honest sure. opinion is that like, if you have kind of like, you have your, your boundaries, you have your rules, like you have standards that you're, you know, hopefully looking to have met. If you meet enough people, eventually it's going to work out and it's going to be fine. Sure. That's my thought. But like, I guess my first question would be after your divorce, like how long did you wait before you started dating again? Um, and then fun question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Do you have follow up or my follow up was like, then talk us through your approach. Cause I think you had a pretty, you had a solid approach to the dating apps. So, uh, the, the reason why it's an interesting question of how quickly did it take for me to get on the dating apps? So, um, I technically wasn't divorced when I got on the dating apps. That's how amicable we were. Whoa. We literally, we sat down on the couch and I remember vividly, we're sitting on the couch and I was like, Hey, so we, we established the ground rules, right? I mean, you know, me, I'm a very direct person. I'm going to like, I'm going to ask direct questions. Like you may not like to give the answer, but you know, and if you don't have an answer, that's okay. But I'm going to at least ask it for my own sanity because it's going in my head over and over and over like a hamster wheel. So I ask you, so, so how quickly, you know, is it, is it okay for us to get and get on these apps? And I remember her looking at us, she was like, well, I don't know. I mean, like, we're, we're kind of like, cool. You know, we're not like at each other's throats. Like maybe we should create profiles and just like kind of have, have some fun and see what they're all about. It's like, okay. And so it was probably a couple of weeks before I like officially moved out of the house. And like, cause the, the timeline was like, I moved out and then it was like, a month, like half a month later, a couple of weeks later, we were going to like end it. Right. And we were still like talking and stuff. Cause we were going to have to sell the house and go through all this, you know, shit, oh my gosh. but, um, we're still on the couch and we're like, well, let's, let's get on the apps oh and my literally God. created profiles sitting next to each other. It was bizarre. Like it was like twilight zone shit. Did Not you even feel kidding. weird about it? Like, did you feel a oh, little totally. upset or like, how did no, you feel about that? I, I, so it was weird because again, it was such a slow burn from us. Like uh, things were starting to fall apart and things weren't good. And we neither, we weren't like, we we're falling out of love. Right. Because it just, nothing was just warm and fuzzy anymore. It was just kind of like, Hey, you're a roommate. It kind of devolved into that. Um, we were very communicative again, communicative about what, what we wanted to do. So we got on the apps and I remember sitting on the couch and we just like swiped on each other because it was funny. Um, but we made the rules like, listen, we're not going to any dates. Nothing is going to like, you can start bullshitting with people and kind of see what it's all about, but nobody's doing anything disrespectful to each other until we leave this, until I am out of this house and we are officially like separated, gone. Divorce, divorce. Yeah. Ink is well, dry. No, not even divorce, divorce, like just separated, like officially separated. Um, like, and, um, Summer and I, and my, my current girlfriend, we, we met, um, while I was technically still married, um, we were oh chatting God. on the apps and whatnot. And, you know, and we were just chatting like casual. Um, and I went on several dates and stuff too, like after I'd moved out, 
but uh yeah i mean we were dating technically while still married but it was like there was like two weeks left and i was still like you know just chatting with people right and it, oh it was just like nothing it was it was interesting it was very like again when i look back at it it's like that's that's a very unique scenario because had you guys ever been on dating apps before like were you married oh. during when dating apps like were made yeah, we when we got married, dating apps were barely a thing. I mean, the dating apps were like Match.com, yeah, right? um, like Tinder and and Bumble and all that stuff wasn't a thing. So like it was for ADD people, it was like pure dopamine. Oh my! Like gosh. this is just so exciting. <laughs> oh my! It's like a game. You know, oh, what's happening? It's a video I didn't know game. What to do. It's but a seriously, and I that's how I treated it for the first couple of weeks. It's like it's totally how I treated it. Um. And it was fun. You know, it was a good learning experience. Yeah, it, de- it definitely is like, and I always say like, and this, I don't know how you feel about this statement, but like for me, I tell girls like, if nothing is real until they actually ask you out, like sure. until then Great. it's a video game. It's all just like, you're shooting the shit, like you're messaging, like they're T to T. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people could yeah. be literally as you were freshly divorced, sitting on the couch, just kind of seeing what's out there. And it's not that sure. serious for them yet until it is serious, you know? So it's like, you can't take it so seriously where like, you know, if you've been messaging with someone on the apps for like a certain period of time, like eventually you have to kind of say like, okay, if they haven't asked me out after a certain point, like it's just a game, sure. like it's yeah. like a texting game. Yeah. And the way that I viewed it was, was kind of like that, but it was the people that I would still gravitate towards, like and wake up and be like, I want to message them was the people that would hold a conversation. Right. I mean, I'm in sales. So like, I need some back and forth. I need some, some fun. Um, like I don't, cause there'd be several people where I would make some funny comments and, you know, say whatever. And I was still in that, like no fly zone time zone. Um, yeah. and they'd be like, after like two messages, they'd be like, are you going to ask me out? And like, you said like three lines to me, like, well, not no. now. Yeah. Like, well, definitely not now, but even before then I was like, you've said nothing to me that gives me any interest whatsoever. Like, why would I want to ask you out? I'm like, who are you? You even told me anything about you. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I, so I fall somewhere in between. I know for me, there's people that it's too soon. They ask you out like sure. it's like first message and they're like, when can we meet? Yeah. And I'm like, I would like to like chat a little bit, Sure. but then there's other people where I'm like, it's too long. Like, it's just too much going back. I'm like, this sure. is a conversation we could be having on a date. So like, what do you think is like the sweet spot? So there was a, so good question. So uh, there were times like there was a couple girls like very, very, very early on that I was like, they're fun to talk to and whatnot. And I was still in that no fly zone um, where, you know, it was a, a week or two texting in the apps and they were like, if you're not going to ask me out, I'm out. So that could be too long. A week or more is significantly too long. Significantly too long. And then what was your, you had, I feel like you had this like process. There was like a I phone did. call. There was I a did. lot of like things you were doing. So once it was go time, right? I'd moved out, I'd moved into my apartment. Um, and I was like, okay, now I'm going to start going on dates. I'd made a little rule for myself because I'm a chatty guy. Um, and I, I had some suspicion towards these apps. I was like, I don't really know this person that I'm talking to. Like, really? Like, I know what they wrote about their bio. I can see their pictures. Great. I can see what they wrote to me, but there's time elapsed in between each message, right? And, you know, part of a good conversation is having a back and forth. And if you have to be able to send a good message, if you have to wait and just read over something and overanalyze something to send something funny, like 
I'm not going to wait 10 minutes if I'm talking or to you in person. Or your friend is ghostwriting. Like, or your friend so, is sitting I was gonna there, bring like, that up. writing the text for you. I was going to bring that up. So, you know, my current girlfriend did that for her friends. Like, she would ghostwrite for people. And so my rule of thumb, pretty much from the beginning, was, okay, if I, like, am hitting it off via text, I'm going to talk to you on the phone. Like, period. We're going to have a phone conversation before I ask you on a date. I really don't. And if you're not cool with that, fine. No skin no off my nose. Like, I, okay. Like, not to sound like mean or anything, but like, no, if that's not something you're not willing to give me a little effort back, like, cause I'm putting some effort forward. Like, granted, you're giving me your number. You don't know who I am as an individual, but I want to give you an opportunity to at least know if you want to go on a date with me too. Right. right? Like, do we, or can we hold a conversation? Yeah. Because so many times, like, it is someone ghostwriting the text or like they're just, it takes them a really long time to come up with a comeback. And then you meet in person and there was this great, like quote unquote banter via text, but you actually end up meeting on the date and there's absolutely they're no dead. conversational chemistry. Yeah. Because like, again, I can hold a conversation. I can talk about whatever. Like I'm, I'm a chatty Cathy, happy to be it self-proclaimed. But if you're not willing to, to have a dialogue with me, I'm out. And in person, like, I'm not cheap. Like I'm happy to, to whine and die and do the right things, but I'm also don't want to waste my money mm-hmm. and I don't want to waste your time or my time because I know what my values are. Mm-hmm. And I know at least like, I want to try and experiment and like figure out who I, I like in this new world that I was in. But I also don't want to just, you know, throw a hundred dollars out every single night that I go out with somebody just to try. It's like, yeah. Cause were you viewing like a first date as like dinner or like drinks or coffee or like, what was the, what was the vibe? Good question. Um, most of the time for me, it was just like meeting up, um, in Austin, like going to the domain. So going for like a drink and if a drink turned into dinner, so that's kind of like, Hey, let's meet for happy hour after, after both of us get off work. And then like, you know, if if dinner works cool, if it doesn't work, okay, fine. Like you committed to me for a drink. Um, but I went on several dates. So like I did my method. And, you know, we'll get into it later, but obviously it worked. But I also was like, you know what? Maybe I'm being too weird about it. Like maybe I should just randomly meet some people. And I did it a hand, like a couple of times. And every time it was just like, I met that person. I was like, okay, they seem decent. Like, let's see what they're all about. And I'd meet them and just be like, okay, this is not what I was looking for. Like immediately. It's like, I was carrying the conversation. I'd ask them questions and they just wouldn't have anything fun to say back. And it's like, all right. I'm good. Yeah. It's so easy then, to do that I went too. back to my talk on the phone. When you're in sales, like I, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but like I used to have when I feel like when I was younger, I would do this because I just like, I, I honestly was just doing sales. I would go on these dates in Austin and I would kind of get there and like realize pretty quickly that like maybe I knew deep down they weren't my man. And so I would, but I would just proceed. Like I would just do sales. I would just proceed as if it were a sales call. Yeah. And I would like, the goal was to get the next meeting and I had to make them like me. And I almost, I just kind of went through it. Cause I was like, you know, I have to sit here for an hour. Like, I'm not going to leave right away. I'm going to yeah. stay for one drink, you know, and then be like, make a polite excuse sure. and hopefully they get the message. But I'm like, if I'm going to sit here for an hour, like I'm going to make it fun. So like, let's try to have a yeah. conversation. You know, I would fully run a sales cycle on them and then they would think we had this great connection. And then I would go home and be like, wow, not my husband. <laughs> and then like, they would text me and be like, oh my God, we have to hang out again. And I'd be like, am I a psychopath? But I was like, yeah. no, I'm just doing sales me per se um because again you and i are very similar as like our personalities 
like we're you know if, if it's weird like let's make it weird like, yeah let's, let's lean in you know like i'll just yeah. we're gonna sit here i may as well be like so do you believe in the space yeah. the moon landing was staged yeah. you know like why not like, ask some weird questions and see what you can get it's like a human psychology experience experiment at that point um but yeah i mean it was it was i definitely turned off some women by saying like hey like before i ask you all like i it seems like we're hitting it off I'd like to talk to you on the phone for five minutes yeah. just to kind of plan our date. And that's how I would be like, Hey, I want to plan our date. Well, let's do it on the phone. Like, let's see where we want to go and whatnot. And someone would be like, no, I don't want to talk on the phone. Like, why not? Like, and if they said that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm good. But that worked for me. Right. Yeah. It may not work for everybody. And, but I wasn't trying to do a numbers game. Like I wasn't trying to. Um, and at first, honestly, I wasn't trying to uh, meet anybody like serious, serious, you know, I just got out of a marriage, right? I was just trying to go out and just be social and have fun and kind of do the singer, you know, 32 year old bachelor life. Um, and then all summer came along. <laughs> so what app were you on or what apps were you on? Uh, so I didn't really mess around with Tinder at all. Cause it was just, it was weird, but, um, I liked Bumble and Hinge. Okay. And um, which one did you match with summer on? bumble okay and what was the first date like what was the interaction how did it uh, go so down? we yes yeah, so we had a good conversation like via the app and then we talked on the phone and then i met her um at a um it was uh, it's called high five so they do like it's like a bar bowling alley like games and stuff like that and it was convenient for her it was right across from her work right so i drove there um and we just met for for happy hour and drinks, and we decided to you know go bowling. Which I'm a competitive person, played sports for a long time. It's probably the thing that I'm worst at. Um, so, which hurt my soul a little bit, but you know it is what it is. Um, but we just you know had a good time, like you know just giving each other grief. I mean, she she was in sales at the time, so we were both like big fun, and, and you know you've met her. You know, we're both big fun, outgoing personalities. Um, so, you know, it, it was a lot of fun, just like meeting, right. In general. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so, so as you may or may not know, I'm like very, I'm against Bumble. Like, I feel like it's become this like weird thing. Like when it first came out, I was like, okay, like I see the benefit in this, but I haven't been on it in years because I just feel like it's, it's started to attract like a certain type of guy that it didn't used to. And I can't explain it, but I yeah, feel like cool. it's a lot of guys that are just like, yeah, you come to me, you know, like it's a sure. little like, Hmm, like I don't so, like it. So I'm like, Oh, like, but you guys I read are an interesting story. Well, and, and prep for this, right. Cause you know, I'm a nerd and I still want to have like fun talk tracks. Um, one of the things that I read recently, um, all apps in general, I think are getting worse because there's more guys on these apps than girls. Um, and honestly, like the app culture, I think, um, for all the pros, right. I've been, I benefited from it. Um, lots of women and men have benefited from kind of the apps. It's made life, you know, more accessible and all that, but it's also led to some toxic traits, right? Because some people on both sides of the fence, maybe they, they had an easy experience of something that worked. And a lot of people like to stick to what works that one time and they try to shoot their shot over and over and over again. And unfortunately that can be toxic. Right. Um, and I think some guys need to be better. Right. Um, and not just overly expect things, whatever it is, um, to them at that, that point in their life. But 
I just want like, I mean, you know, I'm so strict. I'm like, I'm, I'm a zealot as my friends say with like dating apps and stuff. But I just think like, and especially in New York where it's like, it's a jungle with the dating apps. Like it's craziness. Like I just, you have to be so like, I'm so strict. And so I do think I could probably like, I could probably use to like loosen up a little bit. I do just think like, it gives me, it just gives me pause. Like, is it a numbers game or like, is there a way to like filter no. for quality? And I think like the phone call idea is great because truly like I've actually never been I've never been wrong about my gut telling me whether I'm going to be attracted to someone or not as crazy as that sounds if I've seen them on the app yeah it's like 100% of the time I see the photos in the app I go to the date and my if I thought I was going to be attracted to them I 100% of the time I've been attracted to them there's never been a situation where like on the app I was like wow they look like super hot or you know I think well they're cute but they're not really my type I get there and it's almost always like that's how I feel so I'm like okay I should trust my gut like I should all right yeah but then the conversational chemistry piece is like another really good that's like obviously super important and like to me almost like more important than like how if I'm initially super attracted to them like because anyone could become more attractive if you have that like connection um so I think the phone call is just a really good idea um, okay. So what were some, I want to talk about summer more. What were some like green flags right from the beginning? Um, so our personalities are similar, right? We definitely have some things that are, that are different. Obviously we've uncovered over the many years. Um, but you know, up front, it was, it was just not easy in the sense of like settlement easy. Like I wasn't settling. Cause again, I wasn't trying to settle at the time. Um, so, you know, it was just, it was easy to have a conversation. It was easy to pick her brain and she would ask good questions back. So like the dialogue was fun um, and it was challenging. You know, I like to be challenged. Um, one of my favorite things at work and you've seen me do it is be devil's advocate. Like, even if I don't agree, I'm going to push back just to see what would happen. Right. Um, and she would play along with it and push back, which I thought was like super fun for me. Um, so mentally stimulating. Um, and then, uh, you know, we, we just have, and I think one of the most things that was so interesting to me from the get go, we have very similar views on a lot of stuff. We have different views still to this day on some things, right. You know, whether it be political or whatever, like, and that's okay. Um, but we had such different upbringings, completely different backgrounds as our childhoods and whatnot but we still kind of came to the same place as adults as far as how we view things. Um, so we have different perspectives, right? Like even though the ultimate root of what we believe is kind of similar, the perspective of how we get there was, was cool and was different and was like interesting. Right. And it still is that way to the, to this day. Right. And um, it's helped me grow as a person, right. To be able to think through like, this is how I was raised small town, Texas, USA, Right. And how she was raised, which, you know, she was born and raised in Austin. She's one of the, the unicorns. Right. She's she's an Austinite, um, but has had a very different upbringing, even though she's Texas. Um, you know, coming coming together was kind of and it was a, an, an immediate green flag. Right. In that regard, obviously, and we're both physically attracted to each other, all that fun stuff that helps. She's a babe. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Also, I think it's so interesting what you say about the push and pull like the being able to like, I don't know. It's so funny. Cause sometimes you go, you meet someone and the push and pull is actually like, you feel like, Ooh, like it's not a good tension. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. yeah. yeah. It's a negative tension. And then other times you have push and pull with someone like that, where you can both kind of like 
you know, see both sides or, or yeah, just push and pull back and forth, but it feels positive no. and it's such a fine line, but it is such a, it's such a defining thing. It's pretty well, cool. yeah, it's, it's, I think a fine line is the perfect way to put it because like as an individual, you need to be open enough to be willing to try to understand their point of view, but still have your, your core beliefs. And even if you see, you know, differently, that's okay. Like it doesn't need to be like an attack because they've used something differently. Like just try to understand their point of view. Um, if you don't agree, that's fine, but it's not like, you know, it's that fine line though. Right. It's like, okay, like you think this way, I disagree, but is it whatever your values are, is it over the line or not? Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. So how did you, how did you know that you wanted to get more serious with summer? Cause you guys live together. Now you have a dog together. Like things are going in a serious direction. Like, yeah. were you scared after your divorce? Like, how did you feel about getting more serious? Um, so I, I give her, I give her grief all the time. Not all the time. I, about once every two years, I give her grief and be like, I was on, I technically was only on the apps for like three or four months. Again, <laughs> I wasn't trying to find anything serious. Like I really wasn't. But that's um, when you have the best attitude because you don't have yeah. skin in the game. Like you're not like, I must meet someone. So you're not settling. Yeah. You're not like lowering your standards. Like you're just like, I'm here to have fun. If I'm not having fun, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I don't know if, if it's just me being me. Um, but like, you know, there, there is that, that cultural, like, well, Hey, you just got divorced. Oh no. Like, are you going to find anybody? type of thing. And I think, you know, my parents sometimes have that kind of, uh, that, that, uh, uh, mentality. Um, but I've always been a pretty independent person where I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to do, I'm going to do me. Like, I don't give a shit about anybody else. Um, and so when we first started dating, we're hanging out and it was one of those things where like pretty early on, I really didn't want to like, even continue chatting with a lot of women that I had like chatted on the apps or I'd gone on a couple of dates with. Um, I was just like, man, you know, it's, it was just fun. We wanted to do kind of the same things. Like our hobbies were aligned. Um, the things that we were interested in doing, like we're both still pretty interested in like trying to do new things that we've never done before. Like, yeah, I say it all the time. It's like, let's get weird. Like, let's, I don't know, let's go spin the roulette wheel and see what we come up with. Let's go do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously that's been an asterisk because of COVID and all that stuff. But, you know, now we're finally starting to get back to that. But anyways, early on, like we were doing all kinds of stuff. And I remember we went um, on several dates and we're having a good time. And there was a point in time where she, we were, we were going to the thinkery in Austin because um, they do all kinds of random stuff at the thinkery where I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a random place. Um, but uh, like we were very open with each other too. And she'd be like, yeah, I just... Like, look, I just told this guy like that I'd gone a couple of days with like, hey, I don't want to date you anymore. Like I'm out. And, and at that point I was like, OK, like this is getting interesting. A little, starting to feel, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is starting to feel more because we were like in the beginning, like we we're dating. Right. I mean, I, I don't think we were unclear that, you know, we were seeing other people, but we weren't like openly like, hey, you're not the only one. Um, but this was maybe a month into it. We're like, hey, like, let's. Like, I don't want to really spend that much time with anybody else. Like we're having fun. Like we're have good conversations. Every time we hang out, texting all day, like it was always fresh and, 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 and new and exciting, which was cool. Um, and then after I, like the divorce was final, mm -hmm. like it was done. 
Um, we'd been talking for, you know, a little bit at that time and, uh, like all day. And I was just like, you know, I actually think that we should be serious. Like we, we should do this. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. We're fitting. My name is Matt. We were at Maddie's. I don't know if you've ever been to Maddie's in Austin. Oh, it's awesome. Wait, with so, the peacocks? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, so romantic. Yeah. So I was like, we should, and I was I'm 36, but I'm old school. I was like, you know, that, that, what did I say? Um, it's like, do you want to go steady? Is what I said. Oh, fucking nerdy. But I love that. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I'd like to, uh, do you want to go steady? Like, let's go steady. Okay. I have one question. That's not, it's very, we're going off script. We're going rogue. How do you feel about like the, like the honeymoon phase of a relationship? And like, do you feel that number one, do you think that the honeymoon phase is like a thing? Do you feel that it like wears off? And then like, if so, like, how do you kind of like, how does the relationship change? Or like, how do you deal with like, because for me, it's always kind of been like, you know, it's maybe like uh, six months or so where you kind of start to feel like, oh, that's who you are. (laughs) So how do you Um, feel about that? How do you deal with that? So is it real? Interesting question. So I totally think it's a thing. But I think as individuals, whoever's listening and, and, and you, I'm telling you as a friend, be yourself from day one. Like, don't put it on a facade. Don't put on a show. Be you, whoever you are, because the honeymoon phase ends faster because, you know, you're not putting on the show always, right? Like, you're hanging out and you're waking up. And it's like, this is what I look like without makeup and pajamas. Like, yeah. I don't wake up wearing, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not, like, constantly done up. You know, so it's, it's like, be you from day one. Because at the end, yeah, it's why waste your time? And why waste the other person's time? If it's like, yeah, you have all these things that click, but you have a couple, like, not even yellow flags at that point. They're, they're like, I don't know what the color would be between, you know, a non a white flag and a yellow flag, but it's like, it's a tinted flag from day one. It's like, okay, <laughs> just be honest. Cause like, and be honest with what you want. It's like, Hey, like I'm looking for a relationship or, Hey, I'm just trying to experiment and see what happens. And you know, if it works, cool. If it doesn't work, then don't get, don't get butthurt about it. Cause yeah. if you're honest, then yeah, you, you were straight up. I agree. I agree. Okay. What, I guess, what are the biggest, well, let's limit it to like one, if we can, what is the biggest like okay. lesson that you feel like you learned from your divorce and from like your dating experiences afterward? Um, so biggest lesson that I learned is that at the end of the day, like you have to really know what the person's core personality is and kind of what, so I'm an extrovert. I'll always be an extrovert. I am what I am. Um, when I was dating my ex, she was always an extrovert, right? Because every time we hung out, we would go do something fun. We'd always go hang out with friends. We'd always go do those things, but truly she was an introvert and she was always clear about it. She, you know, she'd say I'm an introvert, whatever, but that's not what I saw. I saw the extrovert because again, when we hung out, we always do and did stuff. So when I saw the introvert six years later, right, it was, it was different. Um, and it wasn't as fun. It wasn't as exciting. And like some of those things that I mentioned earlier, you know, we, I would take things personally because I would think she was coming at me, but she had a shitty day, right. Or whatever. Um, and that's not the only reason, obviously we, we separated. I don't want to make it sound like we separated because like 
I got offended that she got mad at me occasionally. Um, but like, I'd try to have a conversation with her, even when she was ready to engage and she was like, not having it. Right. Um, so there was, there was just some, some things that you also need to know, like just general personality traits, like what's, what are they all about? Um, you know, even my current relationship, you know, in the beginning, she was an extrovert, but she's an introvert. Like she's truly an introvert, but she can turn on the extrovert button. But it's one of those things where it's, it's not like so disparate, it's not polar at that right. point. Right. There's ranges of the personality versus like I saw in my previous relationship, I saw one thing, but it was really the polar, right. uh, which was my reality. Um, so uh, that was the biggest thing I learned there is, is find out what that person's all about at their core. Right. And make sure you match. Um, and as far as like the dating world, I have, I have several answers. Um, first answer is it's for not trying to sound cocky or anything. It's if for genuine people, like, I feel like I'm a stable person. I feel like I know what I want. It is sadly easy. If you really like, if I really wanted to be an asshole, but be myself, be an asshole, it would have been silly. Like I could have, yeah, but that's not my, again, not my personality, but I feel like a lot of women were trying to meet the guy immediately. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, you know, know your own worth. Like I felt like there was a lot of women that like were trying to settle versus yeah. like knowing exactly what they wanted and trying to find it and being patient to find it. Um, and the apps aren't the place all the time. Um, they're, they're helpful, but you know, there's just a tool to meet people. I they're a tool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, uh, I think one of the words of wisdom that I, I thought a lot about before talking on this podcast was like, if you really want to find somebody, identify what your interests are and go to those places. If you like playing soccer, go play soccer. Find a guy that's playing soccer. Right? If you like playing pickleball, or you like softball or whatever it is, go do those things. Now, if you're a rock climber, it might be kind of hard to find a, a mate if you're rock climbing because, you know, it's precarious, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, it's, you know, know what you want and just hold true to it. And that's okay. And I don't like when people say like, Oh, you'll find it when you're never looking for it. And it's because like, that's not true either. It's an, it's like a, you can be looking for it, but you have to know what your standards are and not be willing yeah. to settle no matter what, like if there's sure. a deal breaker in there, you just have to be ready to walk away. Like you have to be okay yeah. with yourself enough to say like, this is not adding to my life in a positive way like net positive yeah. it's not a net positive she came around and, and when it's right it's right yeah you know and it was it was easy to be right it's so true it should be easy too like i think people really underestimate that part um yeah especially in the beginning like it shouldn't be trials and tribulations early on like god no we fight like we fought out and having fun honestly like in the first yeah. six months like what could there be to fight about what to conclude what is the most brutal truth about dating or relationships that you think people are afraid to admit or accept admit like or the most ugly brutal truth that you're just like it is what it is well we've talked about it a little bit i think that some people are willing to settle just to appease others right and whether it be family or friends like if you're the one single person in the group, like you just want to be in a relationship. So you're not single anymore. It's like, 
fuck everybody else. Like do you do what makes you happy. And I think some people, not all, right. Um, some people are willing to just, you know, check the box and move on and just settle with being happy. It's like, no, no, no. Like, you know, do what you feel is, is right in your soul, feels right in your heart, whatever your belief system is, you know, make, make sure that you're happy. Um, at the end of the day, like love isn't easy. Love has its moments, but love shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be something that's like takes work every single day. It shouldn't be something that like is the worst experience of your life. And like, it's like, no, like the biggest thing for me is that I feel like so many of us are conditioned by just media that you are like beaming into your brain from like such a young age, constantly being told like love is a struggle and like love is about fighting and love is about having horrible things happen and doing horrible things to each other for most of the time period when you're just, you know, starting to date or when you're getting together. And it's like, you actually don't have to suffer. Like that would make a really, would make a really boring movie, you know, if that you're not suffering and there's not fighting and there's not drama, but that's why it's a movie. It's like in real yeah, life, true. like the happiest true. love story is like, you know, you're not fighting and you're kind of just like having a nice time and you love each other. Like it doesn't have to be this struggle. If you're, I just feel like if a relationship is constantly like, you're struggling and you're upset and like you're fighting and like overall you're not happy. Of course, there are going to be moments where you're, you know, you have a miscommunication or you have a fight or you disagree on something like it's completely normal. That's like human behavior. It's normal. But if you're constantly in this like state of like turmoil and unhappiness and just like, will he or won't he like show up for me or do this for me or like, will they or won't they like act like they care if I live or die, you know, like there's yeah. just so much that I think people go through when they're young because they think that the only way they deserve love is if they fight for it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the, deserve the, love, even if it's not a difficult, like. Sure. Like the way that, like when you were talking about that, the way I was envisioning it was like it, the relationship shouldn't be a tunnel, black, a dark tunnel with the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, Ooh, but that one time they do that really cool thing. Right. That really great thing is like, but it's dark all the way around it, except for that one you know, pinhole of light. Like that's not healthy. That should never be good. If if they say, but they they're so good every now and then. It's like if now that's not healthy for you. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I feel like this is such a good conversation, and we have so many good, so many good nuggets for the listeners. Um, and guys, make sure you tune in again next week. Um, for brutal episode, I think it'll be fourteen. I think so. But yeah, thank you so much, Matt. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.